She's the push she brought from the Bronx, New York. Follow her voice, a straight dog is nice. She's the push she brought from the Bronx, oh yeah. Don't be surprised if you want to listen twice. Make decisions, find the right choice. Know yourself better, find your own voice. It's okay if you need help today, cause everybody needs a little push. From the push she brought from the Bronx, New York. Good morning, everyone. Welcome, Transformation Talk Radio listeners. My name is Ellen Stewart, and I am the Pushy Broad from the Bronx. Welcome to my show, Recovery Recharged. This morning, Dr. Pat will join us soon, but right now, I want to tell you about this wonderful show we have today. I don't know about you, but I can't believe that the holidays are upon us. I, I just don't understand how quickly the time goes. But when it gets to be October and the leaves start to change here on the East Coast, I'm already smelling the pumpkin spice latte, okay? I am smelling all the good things of autumn and the seasons, and I can already feel the pound slowly creeping on me. I absolutely don't know what to do about it. So <clears throat> I called in an expert, a very, very good friend and colleague of mine, who's going to talk to us today about how to avoid holiday weight gain and maybe give us a fresh perspective on whether or not holiday weight gain is real or we're just imagining it in our heads. Okay, so... If you feel that you're worried about overeating this holiday season, and it's a real concern for many people, including me, I want to welcome holistic health coach Colleen Cleary, who's going to tell us how to enjoy these holiday foods and still avoid those extra pounds. I want to tell you a little bit about Colleen because she does some brilliant work and I, I'm going to tell you where to find her so that you can use her yourself because she's virtual so she can take clients all over the country. Colleen is a holistic health and wellness coach and she lives and works outside of Portland, Oregon. She helps her clients achieve their weight loss and other wellness goals and keeps their results by using the Cleary methods, which I'm gonna ask her about. She works side by side with each individual client and she guides them through uncovering the ways that they self-sabotage, oh my God, that's me, ditching old habits and establishing new sustainable habits for the long run. She also launched a brand new blog, so you got to get on that, people, which recently provides education and hands-on how-tos for all of her readers in all areas of wellness, including nutrition, mindset, stress management, sleep, and exercise. Boy, can we use a dose of Colleen Cleary's blog. So please welcome to my show, Recovery Recharge, Colleen Cleary. How are you this morning, Colleen? Good morning, Ellen. It is so good to be here with you and to see you again. I'm really good and I'm super excited to kind of dive into this topic a little bit more with all of you um, so that you can enjoy the holidays and not overstress about what that's going to look like for yourself. 
Well, first, we've been reading so many articles, and you and I talked about it, and there was one in particular that came across our desk that started with, is holiday weight gain a real problem, or is it all in our heads? Are we imagining this, Colleen? What do you think? So I was so glad that you brought that article to my attention, because I think it's an important piece of information. And here's the thing. I read the article as well, and it's telling us, on average, studies are showing we only gain about one, maybe two pounds over the holidays. So what's the big deal? So granted, if that's all it was, no big deal. But the problem is, is that most people then don't take off that one or two pounds. Ah, so they put it on and they keep it on. There I am. That's me. That's it. That's me. Okay. So now what do we do about it? Well, so the other thing that I think is important to note there too in that article, if you want to check it out yourself, is that sure, it talks about what it's one holiday meal for Thanksgiving if you celebrate, maybe another holiday in December, whatever you celebrate, right? But that's not what the holidays look like. We have office parties, we got food, gifts that are coming, being delivered to us, we're baking. There's a lot that goes, it, like you said, pumpkin spice all the way, for some people, all the way through Valentine's Day. So there's a lot to look at. The one thing I'm going to tell you right from the get-go, worrying about gaining weight will not help you keep the weight off. Worrying never makes anything better. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm a stress eater. So worrying makes me eat more and not less. Right? So, so how much weight do you think on average we actually gain during the holidays? I think it's really a range for people. An average, I'm going to say it's probably closer to four or five pounds, but that's really hard to pin down a number. And I don't really like to do that because that gets us into that one size fits all mindset. Well, if the average is this, that must be what I'm doing as well. It might be true for you or it might not. I understand. Well, look, you know, I've read so many articles that say you really only gain a pound or two, but it seems that at the end of the holidays come January 2nd, I am up about five pounds. That's Mm -hmm. me personally. And you're absolutely right. It's not just about Thanksgiving Day and whatever day in December you celebrate, whether it is Kwanzaa or Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever day that is. It is the entire season from Halloween onward. And this year, because we because people have been out more. This is the first time even during Halloween that I passed out over 100 bags of candy in my neighborhood. Okay. I was standing out there all night long and partially very grateful that all the candy went and I didn't have to bring any back into my house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so smart. Yeah, well, I'm trying. Okay, so you're right. So we don't have to worry about just this one big feasting day. We really have to think about the whole deluge of festivities and food, right? So, so do you really think that maybe we're worrying a little bit too much about all of this? Give me some ways that we can worry less. Some ways to worry less. I love that. So Like I said, worrying isn't going to help anything. And so whether you find yourself worrying too much or not, we could always use some ways to kind of decrease that. There's plenty of other things to worry about, frankly, right? So 
And again, stress and worry, it's actually going to increase your cortisol. So any weight that you're going to put on, you're going to hang on to it, right? Wow, that's very interesting. Stress and worry increases the cortisol. So if you're doing that, any weight, say that again, any weight that you're going to put on, what? It can add to weight gain, and then it can help your body hang on to the weight gain. If you're not managing stress, your body will not want to shed the weight. So you have to be very happy eating those extra cupcakes and, and <laughs> pineapple and, and pumpkin lattes one after the other, right? You have to really enjoy it. Otherwise, why bother, right? Oh, yeah. That's a whole nother topic. Don't waste <laughs> the indulgences on the stuff that's not good. Go for your absolute favorites, for sure. But My let's goodness. back up for a minute. To talk about where to start, I want you to think about your mindset how you view all of this, the language you use around it. If you're using language that says, oh, this is going to be awful and it's going to be hard and what, then it's going to be awful and it's going to be hard. So you really got to think about your mindset first and the language you're using about this as you go into it and as you're taking that journey. So you have to be very intentional. And I and I certainly think you are spot on. Mindset is absolutely the key. Besides the fact that why indulge in all of these wonderful, good, delicious things if you're going to be upset about it? Mm-hmm. And if you're going to say to yourself, oh my God, this is going to go to my waist or this is going to go to my hips or this is going to make my face puffy or I'm not going to be able to fit into my holiday clothes. I mean, why bother, right? Yeah, life's too short for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So tell me a little bit more about being intentional in terms of our um, our plan going forward for the holidays. Great question. So I think it really will help set you up for success if you even take just a little bit of time and think about, let's look forward to January. What would success look like for you? Think about that. Do you want, for some of my clients, they're on a weight loss journey, but trying to lose weight during the holidays might really set you up for failure or disappointment. So maybe it makes more sense to go, if I get to January and I maintained my weight, that's a win. Maybe it looks different for you, but really take the time and think about what does success look like for you as an individual? I get through the holidays, my clothes are still comfortable, win. Right. So think about that for you. What's that going to look like in January? Then add some grace in there with it because you're going to go through this season. And guess what? I guarantee you're going to have some missteps. There are going to be days where you're going to say, oh, I set the intention and it didn't go well today. That's so when you up. mean. So when you mean add some grace, you mean forgive yourself your shortcomings when 100%. it comes to eating like a crazy person over the holidays. Right. Whether it gets crazy or it's one meal or whatever, it's just, it's okay. You're human. That's why it's hard and it's okay. So yes, always give yourself grace. And so now we've got our intention. We know what success is going to be like. Now we have to start making a plan because here's the thing. We can think about it in our head. I really hope I get to January and it looks like this, but hope isn't really a strategy. Hope isn't going to be enough because you're going to get overwhelmed with all the things and forget about all of that until January. 
That's really important. Can we talk about that a little bit more? You're absolutely right. Okay, so you make a plan, but tell us what you mean again by hope isn't a strategy, because I think you're right about that. Explain that a little more. Well, so hope's really inspiring and gives us that great energy of, okay, I've got this plan. I have this intention. I really hope it works out. And if we stop there, then daily life is going to pile on and we're going to forget about it. I want you to think back for a second. How many of you can remember the New Year's resolutions you set last year for those of you that did? Absolutely not. I don't know what right? I said, but I made them. I made them. Did yeah, you? So we got to, of course. So we got to put more into it than that. We got to put some skin in the game here. So my number one recommendation, write it down. When you write down what you want to accomplish, it signals to your brain, I mean it. This is important. I think that's a really good plan. And I also like, again, what you said before, and I want our listeners to keep mindful, be mindful of this, to, to ask yourself, what does success look like for you after the holiday season? And I need you to ask yourself that question right now. And I think Colleen is, is brilliant and spot on when it comes to that, because we don't have to set our expectations so high that they're unattainable. Right. I can turn around and say, I want to have the body of Jennifer Lopez in January after I eat every single holiday piece of dessert imaginable. And that is not a realistic look at success for me. But maybe just being able to fit into my current clothes without going to the next size up and being able to button real pants instead of sitting in sweats may be something that I can attain. What do you think? A hundred percent. We want to set ourselves up for success, right? We all know what it feels like to fail. doesn't feel good. And it's a learning opportunity, but that's never really our goal, right? We're not aiming for failure. So yeah, make it reasonable, make it achievable. Um, and again, write it down. That's a big deal. The that's other thing, really big. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The other thing I wanted to add um, goes along with grace, but to ditch all or nothing thinking. It's really common in our culture to get into, I'm either going to do this perfectly or I'm not doing it at all. And when we make choices, when we stumble, because we do, but when we make choices that don't serve us, then we just give ourselves grace and get back on track. It's very simple, but can be hard to do. Yes, but look, giving ourselves grace is the forgiveness of saying that we don't have to do it all perfectly or it's or it's completely no good. Okay, you're absolutely right. You can't turn around and say to yourself, just because I didn't follow through on one thing doesn't mean everything I tried to do is not going to work. And that's a very, very, very important thing. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but I want to talk about specifically, this show is called Recovery Recharged. And some of the things that people struggle with is compulsive overeating. And I know you and I have discussed it before. And I do suffer sometimes from compulsive overeating. And of course, when I see the holidays and I see all these wonderful things, I go into the stores, the supermarkets, the bakeries, and I'm surrounded by holiday candy, cake, ice cream cream, all kinds of things. And all I do is want it all. So what do you suggest for people that tend to be overeaters in a compulsive way? What do you think? 
That's such a lovely, big, huge question. So there's a few things. First of all, you touched on a bit when you were talking about giving out the Halloween candy and that you were grateful that you brought none back into your house. Set up your environment to support you. This isn't to say that you're never going to have another piece of candy. Candy doesn't live in my house. And it's not because I've got, you know, because I'm a health coach for years and all these things, I've got this iron will that doesn't matter what's in front of me. I'm never going to want it. Mm -mm. I don't keep things in my house. They're going to set me up where I'm going to have to really fight hard to make choices that I want. So look at your environment. You have control over the environment in your home, hopefully. If your family um, needs to get on board, maybe have a conversation with them as well. But look at your environment, number one. Set yourself up for success. You're absolutely right. And I would also say what works for, for other overeaters like myself is that if I am going to a different place, I will take someone with me or tell someone close to me, uh, please just nudge me if I'm on my third piece of cake, okay? Or my second helping of uh, sweet potatoes with pineapple and marshmallow because I do not want to overeat. And some of the other things that people tell us actually are very, very basic things and they seem to really work, like get something on a smaller plate. Have you heard that before? Tell us about that. What do you think? You think that works? Oh, I know it works. We do it here in my home. I got rid of dinner plates years ago. Now, when I say got rid of, I had to move them into the pantry where they're harder to reach because some family members were like, wait, don't get rid of those. But as a general rule, we eat off of salad plates. The beautiful thing about doing this, and it's a super simple tip, is when you're eating off a smaller plate or out of a smaller bowl, your brain looks at that, sees that the plate is full and goes, oh, we're getting a full meal, we're good. You could take that same portion, put it on a big dinner plate, and now your brain goes, yeah, but we're not getting very much, the plate's not very full. So it's a very simple trick. When you're also out at a party or a function, whatever, don't park yourself next to the food. Don't hang out at the buffet table. Get yourself into another room. Go socialize with some people. Try not to just get, and I have found myself at parties where I'm standing, I'm talking, and I'm like, we are right at the table. We need to move away from the table. You're absolutely right. It's all about these overt things that we can do to distract our brain. I always talk to my recovery clients about two distinct things. Number one is awareness. Be aware of what you're doing. And number two, if all else fails, distraction, distraction, distraction. Okay. Do something else. If it's a party and there's music, you should be on that dance floor because one of the ways you get to have maybe an extra piece of candy or cake is if you are active, right? What do you think about that? Well, and being active, the thing that it does even more than that. So if we get into the mindset, like, well, I was dancing so I can have three pieces of cake or get into a danger zone, right? Oh, that's well, not a good thing to do then, huh? Not necessarily <laughs> the best strategy. I don't want to say no. But the other thing you can think about when you're active and intentional, staying active, getting movement every single day, it actually helps lower your stress. So you're less likely to be reaching for food out of stress. And 
you do that workout, the dancing, the whatever that looks like for you, will you set yourself up to start off in a healthy way? And you don't want to sabotage that as much. Well, I did that workout and I did such a great job. I don't want to ruin it by making these other choices. Okay, I see. It's that seems to work really well. So so basically it's a combination of distraction and in general practicing mindful eating. Yeah. Absolutely. Another really good thing to remember when you're going to a function, you're staying home, no matter what your day is going to bring, please drink your water. Stay hydrated. When we are dehydrated, our brain will give us cues that it is thirsty, but we can often misread those for needing food. And we will find ourselves reaching for the sugar, all the things when actually a nice glass of water would really give us what we're looking for. Yes. And we want to make sure that our listeners understand that staying hydrated doesn't mean alcohol and it doesn't mean sugary sodas, correct? Oh my gosh. I cannot tell you how many times I have worked with people and I used to go down the same path. I don't know what's wrong. I'm eating all the vegetables. I'm eating so great. Why does the weight keep coming on? And then you look in your cup and you're like, oh, there it is. Oh, there is sugary sodas and and alcohol or, you know, especially this time of year. Even um, a little extra alcohol is not going to help burn the calories, okay? So you have to be mindful of that. And certainly if we are in recovery, we have to understand that you will be tempted all the way around for alcohol and, um, and things that are not good for us. So we really do have to make sure that we're very mindful and that we are distracted and maybe drinking a lot of water will really, really help us. Yeah, at the very least, get yourself a good full glass of water before you have your next whatever beverage that is. And that can be a latte too. I mean, I cannot tell you how much sugar used to be in my cup of coffee when I would, you know, go for the drive through lattes, whatever. So yeah, drink your water. It will help you with all areas of your health, I promise. I think also sometimes cutting down on some of the things really gives us a room to look at other things like um, watching, maybe eating some more vegetables will allow us maybe to have a little extra treat and maybe cut, cutting out some of the white flour and the bread, right? Choose our meals widely, wisely, choose our portions wisely, do you think? A hundred percent. And the other thing to remember, so let's say I'm going to go to a party on Friday night and I know there's going to be all the things to indulge in there. So on Friday, I don't go, oh, well, I'm already going to overeat. So it doesn't matter. And I just start getting the wheels off track right from the get going and get up in the morning. I'm going to make sure I'm hydrated all day. When I do eat before I go to the party, I want to make sure I get some protein, healthy fat and some fiber, some veggies, things like that, because that's going to help my body feel very satiated and content. You see, that's a good thing. I'm going to stop you right there because people Ah. think, people think if they're fasting all day long, just waiting to go to the party, then they could have whatever they want. Talk to us about why that's such a dangerous mindset. Yeah. So First of all, that gets you more into kind of those hard, fast, restricted kind of feelings and rules. And you know what? We need things that are sustainable. 
Okay, we don't need to white knuckle our way through everything, especially when it comes to foods. So let's not do that. And if you arrive at that party and you are starving, I don't know how you're going to get through there and not overload your plate a couple of times, right? Instead, get there. You've already had a meal. You're fine. You know, you know, maybe you've had a smaller meal because you plan to eat when you're there. That's okay too. But you don't want to arrive at the door just ravenous. That's setting yourself up for failure again. And I have done that so many times. So now I know that I always have a little something before and I make sure that I drink plenty of water before so that I am not full am I am so that I'm comfortable and not looking where's the food, where's the food the moment I walk in the door, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you can also bring to the event if it's uh, okay to do, bring something to the event to serve as well, because then you're guaranteed you have control over the ingredients there's going to be at least one thing at the table that's really going to serve you and your nutrition needs optimally ah so so what you're saying is take a good look at that table and you know sometimes too for an overeater we have to pull it pull ourselves back a little bit because we look at this and we want to eat it right away and we want to sample everything right away. So some of the things that have worked for me in terms of controlling my compulsive overeating is to take a good look at the table in the beginning, because I'm always thinking consciously of it. And even if I'm socializing with other people and moving around in different places, I'm always thinking, what does the food look like? Where is the food? So if I take a look at it first and I just walk around without touching touching anything, it actually lowers my stress level. Can you understand that why that works for me? I love that because you're not rushing it and you're not being reactionary to all of it. You're actually bringing that intention in that we were talking about. I'm going to look, I'm going to see what's available. This is not a 911. There isn't a race. I don't have a limited amount of time to, you know, get all the food or whatever. I can relax in this environment and I'm in charge, that's a big deal. Another one of my number one tips for when you feel like you're overeating, get your plate, have a seat, and make a plan to stop halfway through. So you've eaten half of what's on the plate. Then I want you to just stop and take a deep breath and ask yourself, how am I feeling? Am I full? Have I had enough? And how do I wanna feel? If I've finished, do I want to feel overstuffed and uncomfortable? Do I want to feel content? Really pausing and checking in is a very powerful tool. That's amazing. And that's really good. And, and we're going we're gonna to stop for, um, for a little break at the moment. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some more absolute essential tips for being able to maintain and have a healthy holiday season without worrying about holiday weight gain. Colleen, I'm so glad you came back to us because you're my resident expert. You come to us once a year and give us all great news about how to, um, how to stay healthy. Colleen, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, the easiest thing to do is to go to my website, colleenclary.net. It's got everything there, you guys. You can email me. You can set a session time with me. All my social channels, all those things are there. Terrific. Thank you. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. 
in body, in power, in soul. Activate the spirit within you in deep conversations of power, faith, grace, love, and forgiveness. On Soul Inspired Reflections, Ascension, a humble awakening of the heart. Join me, your host, Gina Libido, every second Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. And find that even the chaos of your world makes sense and has meaning and purpose. Make a choice, be inspired, take action. For more information, go to soulinspired.org. That's soul-inspired.org. Are you looking for a way to break old habits that are holding you back from reaching your true potential and living the life you deserve? Well, look no further than Dr. Loretta Billups. She is a clinician and a relationship and mental health coach that will assist you with reaching your purpose. She will hold you accountable so that your desires are now a reality. Connect with Dr. B at cultivatingyourlife.com and find your path today. That's cultivatingyourlife.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am the creator of the Transformation Network, doing what we do in the world of positive radio, informed, educated, positive media. Independent radio hosts and independent networks have been the face of positive messaging over the past decade. So all of us here have decided we're going to put together an independent network that is going to enable people to bring their positive message of hope, inspiration, and conscious action to the forefront. Help us create a future of amazing, uplifting stories that can be told so we can tell our children and they can tell their children of what hope and conscious action is all about. I want to thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on on TransformationTalkRadio.com. It is time to get inspired to take action in your life. Tune in to Emotional Elevation with me, Susan Denae. We are identifying, understanding, and treating our crazy one episode at a time. We all have crazy in our lives. The thing that sets us apart is how we deal with it. And I've got you covered. Enjoy your journey. You are worth it. Visit SusanDenae.com. That's D-E-N-E-E.com. What if you could enter a sacred vortex of love and beauty infused with the power of the earth and ascended masters? Join myself, Dr. Georgia Herrera and Dr. Sharon Martin in the the Sacred Sacred Magic Magic Show. Bring in the mystical and sacred for healing, airing every third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You too can have your health and life challenges melt away. Join now and feel your heart open up to the answers to your most important questions. Welcome back, Transformation Talk Radio listeners. My name is Ellen Stewart, and I am the pushy broad from the Bronx. I am flying solo today. My co-host, Dr. Pat, is doing other things, but I want to let you know that Colleen Cleary, holistic wellness coach, is with me today, and we're having a great discussion about the thing that, one of the things that really concerns me, and that is gaining weight over the holidays. So we've got some very insightful tips. But first, I want to introduce the little buddy that's in my arm. If you're going to watch Facebook Live or the YouTube channel, you're going to say, what does Ellen, the pushy broad, have in our arms today? This is Loki, everyone. Loki's 10 years old, and he's a Pomeranian mix. And I'm um, just sitting, um, dog sitting for his mommy and daddy who are traveling. And Loki is not at all happy unless he's sitting in my lap. So he is part of the radio show today. And if you take a look on Facebook, 
Facebook or YouTube, you will see how absolutely beautiful this dog is. And he's very quiet. So thank you very much. And thank you, Loki. Okay, so let's continue on because I really do feel that as much as we do some absolutely basic things, mindset is really, really important in how we proceed. So I just want you to reiterate, Colleen, what you turned around and said, what we should be keeping in mind when it comes to what our plan looks like for success. So tell everybody out there that maybe hasn't started with us or uh, has forgotten the most important thing in trying to to keep our mindset good for holiday weekend. Okay, yeah. So the number one thing is really to be intentional about what success means for you as an individual. So take a moment, think about, okay, it's January 2nd. How do I want to feel? What do I want it to be like? What would success, What when do I get to go, wow, that was a win? What does that look like for you? And then I want you to make a plan based on that and I want you to write it down because this will signal to your brain that you mean business, that you're not just hoping for the best, that you're actually going to make it happen. You know, that's one of the approaches that I use with clients when it comes to this, thinking about what you want things to look like. And then the moment that happens and you have an actual plan for what you want things to look like, all of your stress and anxiety around it seems to dissipate. It's when you don't know what you want things to look like that you're so stressful about it that you don't have a concrete plan. So you always plan for what success will look like. And then you put it on the back burner because you know now and you're not stressed out about it. And if you have a problem with overeating, there are a couple of really big things that you can do. And one of those things is to have a buddy with you and do like I do when the food is out, just walk around the table without touching, without being compelled to taste anything. Just tell yourself you're just going to walk around and see what the food looks like. And so you can actually begin to de-stress about it. And I think that's a really good way for you to move forward. Colleen also talked about snacking wisely and watching your portion sizes. And you also mentioned the benefit of eating on smaller, smaller plates, right? Which is what you do at home. Yeah, absolutely. We adopted smaller plates in my home years ago and have never looked back. Nobody ever gets their meal on the small plate and goes, what? Oh my gosh, no one's feeling restricted or deprived, but it just naturally supports our efforts to eat portions that serve us best. And it's just a very simple thing to do. Terrific. So now let's talk about specific eating and the kinds of foods that one has to try to stay away from and the kinds of foods one should be eating a little bit more. So let's talk about whole foods, processed foods, and all of those other things. Give us some idea from the nutritionist point of view. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you are making food at home, I highly recommend you cook at home as much as possible. I know that looks different for everyone. When you cook at home, you have control over the ingredients and you're making food for you that is closer to its original source versus things that you can't even really recognize. So if your food has a label on it, then that's not probably as close to the original source as it can be. We get a lot more 
packed nutrition in the foods that don't come with a label. That's kind of a general rule. That isn't to say you're never going to eat processed food again, but aim for like an 80-20 rule. That's a really easy one to aim for. 80% of the time, I'm going for whole foods that are unprocessed, with made at home, fresh, those kinds of things versus the things that come with the label. If you're going for things that have a label, please read your label, be an informed consumer, know what you're putting in your body because it matters. It really does. So now, now talk to us a little bit about protein and fiber and healthy fats. And I always get confused. Lay it out for us. All good. So if you just remembered those and here, here's where writing things down help again, because not only does it say we're serious, it helps our brain remember it. So we're listening to it now. So we're going to listen again, and then we're going to write it down when we have a moment. Protein, healthy fats, and fiber, veggies, those kinds of things. When we take those in at a meal, then we can stay fuller longer. We stay satiated longer. Versus if I'm eating heavy-duty sugar, let's say I'm having a croissant and a latte for breakfast, that's going to jack up my blood sugar. I'm going to feel full for a little bit, and then I'm going to have that blood sugar crash, and I'm going to be reaching for something desperately to get me out of that low blood sugar state, and I'm going to have to jack my sugar back up. So instead, weight loss and maintaining weight loss is a lot about keeping a steady blood sugar instead of that roller coaster that we can get into. You're absolutely right. And it seems when I look at it that way, it's a lot easier because I'm thinking about how my body is physically feeling, correct? And also, I also find that um, chewing a little bit more slowly and waiting a little bit after I have eaten, just like you said before, talk to me about, talk to us again about waiting eating only halfway and then continuing because I think that's a really, really good tip. So talk to us how the body catches up with our stomach. Well, right. So there's the news out there that's been out for a while that when we start eating food, it takes about 20 minutes for what we're consuming for our brain to register, whether or not we're full. So anytime we're going to sit down and have something to eat or stand up at a party and have something to eat, just notice when you're about halfway through your plate, and then pause because remember it's not a 911. Take a deep breath and tune in. How am I feeling? Anytime with your wellness that you can pause and ask yourself how you're doing, big win. Okay. So check in halfway through the plate. Am I full? Am I overfull? And then the big one. How do I want to feel when I put this plate down? Do I want to feel overstuffed and uncomfortable? Or do I just want to feel like that tasted really good? I'm not overly full. I'm good. You get to decide, but you put yourself in the driver's seat if you will pause and check in. You're absolutely right. And I always find that some people have a problem because they think they have to finish everything on their plate, right? That's a mindset that came psychologically from way back. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, sure. I know right where that came from for a lot of people anyway. Okay. Here in the U.S., it came from the Depression era. Food scarcity is a mindset that has been passed down from one generation to the next. It came from my parents, and I absolutely understand it. So that's part of why when you get a smaller plate and you're intentional about how much you put on there, 
you're not going to worry about finishing it all because you're not going to have a platter size full of food that you took for yourself. So that's one thing I, to remember. I remember mom and dad saying, eat everything on your plate because children are starving elsewhere. So you should be yes. thankful for what you have. Like I was going to help starving children by eating everything on my plate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I get that. I for sure was lucky enough not to live through the depression. So I honor that that's where that mindset comes from. Yes, absolutely. But they, they didn't have an abundance to begin with so that they held on to everything they had. Yeah, we are fortunate that we do have abundance. And I have used smaller plates many, many times, but I will use that as a compulsive overeater. I will use your tip of eating half of it, Mm -hmm. stopping, breathing, you said taking deep breaths and saying to myself, how do I feel and giving myself some time. Yeah, right. Giving myself some time to actually have my stomach catch up with my brain, which is a really good thing. And also watching those beverages, right? If we're in recovery, we have to be very, very, very careful because sometimes there is alcohol mixed with other things that we have no idea of that holiday punch going around baby spiked. And so I need you to be very careful. And also that extra sugar is something that's going to stay with you after January 2nd. So let's talk a little bit about what other factors can affect the holiday season about your habits and what else you can do to make sure that you're in a healthy mind, body, and spirit uh, frame of mind going through. What do you think, Colleen? Absolutely. There's way too much more to it than just the food on your plate. So my other number one thing that I'm always talking about is your sleep. It is foundational to your health and wellness, your mindset. Everything relies upon enough quality sleep. So not just, you know, I'm getting eight hours, but I actually toss and turn all night and I'm up three times at night. Good, deep sleep, quality sleep. It's really foundational. It is so much harder to make the choices that really serve you when you're exhausted. And when you're exhausted, your brain will start looking for those sugary, heavy carb kinds of things because it's looking for a quick dose of energy. So it actually doesn't care that it's gonna shoot up your blood sugar because your brain is looking for energy because it knows how tired you are. So you've got to get some sleep. All right, so the recommended amount of sleep no matter what, and I know there are lots of people out there that are cooking thanksgiving dinners and they're starting now and they're baking they're cooking can we can we you said to to cook a lot of meals at home can we talk a little bit about if you're baking and cooking maybe some of the things we can be doing to be mindful uh about nutrition during this time yeah again it goes to that basic rule of really trying to aim for whole foods versus processed and i really think the more simple your meals are, your recipes are, the better. First of all, it just eases the stress on you. Now, for some people, that's a creative outlet to get into these really elaborate things. And I for sure appreciate and support that. But um, as a general rule, just try to go with those simple things that are less processed. When you go to the grocery store, another good general rule, if you're sticking to the outside perimeter of the grocery store when you're shopping for the most part, remember 80-20, you're doing really well. We're not, we're not aiming for perfection. 
No, we're just aiming to feel good and feel better and to ask ourselves, how do we want to feel come January 2nd? And I understand that. And then there were some also some things I've seen articles that say to replace butter with applesauce and mashed banana or pumpkin puree. And instead of sugar, use low calorie substitutes or add dried fruit instead of chocolate chips, things like that. How do you feel about that, Colleen? So I think doing those kinds of swaps can be really helpful if you're like on a plan and you're really trying to take care of your sugar intake and that kind of thing. I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, As long as it doesn't start to feel restrictive, you don't start to get into that all or nothing black or white thinking, which I have a funny saying about that that I'll share with you in a moment. Um, so go ahead and do those swaps. If those are serving you and you're seeing good results and you're feeling good with those, great. If you start feeling like I'm never going to have fill in the blank again because I can't, that's going to start feeling like a rule that you're going to want to break at some point. So it's about balance. Yes. And, and, and I hear what you said because deprivation does not work right? It really doesn't work, or at least it doesn't work for a lot of overeaters. Um, I know because the more I tell myself, you can't have this, I'm like a little kid that immediately means I want it. Okay. And I have been able to maintain my boundaries and have 37 years clean and sober from alcohol and substance misuse. But food is a difficult situation, obviously. But if I can do things in moderate quantities and tell myself, well, I can just have this one thing because this is my boundary. It is better for me than saying to myself, I could never have a piece of chocolate again. Oh, yeah. You touched on something that I call toddler brain. The moment we set a hard line of you can never again, toddler brain just comes into the room kicking and screaming and having a big old meltdown. And it's really, really hard to resist. It is. It is. And also being in recovery, I suggest everybody out there practice what I practice. And that is the one day at a time rule, which is what you talk about as well. I'm not thinking about what's happening this entire holiday season. I will think about Thanksgiving Day and what I'm eating on that day on Thanksgiving Day. I am just going to take it one meal, one festive meal at a time, one social situation at a time, just like I do in my recovery. I am clean and sober today, and that's what I have. And that's exactly how we take one meal, one situation at a time. And that seems to work in big ways. So that means drawing the line and setting boundaries. Some people think also in order to avoid holiday weight gain, we should be weighing ourselves regularly. How do you feel about that, Colleen? I think that depends on the individual. I think for some people, weighing like once or twice a week works totally fine because if they don't stay tuned in, they will pretend that nothing's happening. They will deny what's going on. And then here comes January and we're we're feeling a little regret, right? However, I know for some people that can become an obsession, that can become this driving thing that we never stop thinking about, that's not healthy either. So if that's a thing that sets you up and triggers you for not enjoying the holidays, just put on a pair of button-up pants once a week and see how you're doing and call it good. You don't have to get onto the scale. That I understand. Scale is only a small part to your overall picture, too. 
And I would say, at least after Thanksgiving Day, try not to get up on that Friday morning and get on the scale, all right? Give yourself a little time to just mm-hmm. take it easy. And and also some of the things that, that you uh, mentioned are really, really important. We always have to do the best we can, right? And forgive ourselves if we have gone astray, but always to be mindful that the very next opportunity is an opportunity to set our boundaries and do the right thing, correct? And not just to say, okay, it's all going to hell in a handbasket and the entire holiday season, I'm just going to eat everything in sight, right? Oh my gosh. So the saying that I've heard about this that I love is think about when you get a flat tire. For those of you driving right now, hopefully that's not your case. Think about you get a flat tire. What do we do? We do our best to get it repaired as soon as possible. We do not pull over and slash the other three tires. So it's the same thing. We make a misstep and we just get back on track at the next opportunity and we just keep going forward. That is a great analogy, a great metaphor. I am going to think about that a lot. That's exactly right. Absolutely unbelievable. And also, can you give us some ideas? Because sometimes when you go to gather with people, especially during the holidays, it always seems to center around food. Are there some alternatives in terms of getting together that you might suggest? Yeah, and it really depends on your group of people. Some will be open to other ideas and some will not, and that's okay. But I like to suggest, can we maybe get together and go for a hike? Or maybe we can go for a walk, or maybe we can go to an art museum or a play or something else. Trying to think of something else you guys can gather and do where you still feel connected because that's the biggest reason for the holidays half the time, right? That should be a big piece to it. How can we feel connected that doesn't have to center around food? And you're absolutely right, because feeling connected gives us a chance to actually talk to the people that we haven't seen in a while. And maybe that's why some of us eat more, because they don't want to talk to some of the people they haven't seen in a while. But this is an opportunity to do that. And with all of the lights and the festivities and the fact that we put out lights for Halloween and then everything comes out for for Turkey Day and then Christmas, there's so much to see outside. Mm-hmm. I have done situations where I've, I have uh, rented limos and had my friends in the limo and we've gone all around Manhattan with the, with the, with the lights, with the Christmas lights. And it wasn't about food. It was just about taking in Fifth Avenue during Christmas. And there are things like that to do in your neighborhood. So don't feel like everything has to be centered around food. Oh, 100%. What a lovely memory. I love that idea. Really, really nice. I do remember those very, very well. Okay, so now tell us how we balance exercise with what's happening here. How do you think we do this in a healthy way? I think you need to make it a priority. For me in my life, it's non-negotiable. It's part of who I am and I know it's going to be part of my day. And again, I plan ahead. I don't just hope that I'm going to get in some movement in my day. I've got a plan for how and when it's going to happen. But when you make it a priority, you're going to work off that holiday stress so much easier and set yourself up better. Now, for some of us, we feel like my schedule is overbooked. I don't have time for workouts. It's a really common one. You do have the time if you make the time. And it's okay to, instead of telling yourself, oh, I don't have time to go to the gym for an hour. Okay, go outside for a 10 minute walk. 
If you don't have time for a 10 minute walk, then you, maybe you need to delegate some things, but it's okay to shrink them down into smaller chunks so they feel more manageable. You know, you just said the big word here, delegates, okay? I have been so stressed. I had husbands. I had holiday dinners. I cooked for so many people. I started cooking weeks before, stressing, stressing, stressing. Let's talk a little bit about, from a wellness point of view, how to de-stress over holiday prep. So delegating, obviously, and I know, again, that that looks different for everybody. And for women, especially, I think we get into the mindset of, well, I'm the only one that can do it well enough. Or it, Oh, it, my you know, God, I've heard that so many times. I have to do it. I have to do it. I have to be the one to do it. That's baloney. <laughs> you don't have baloney. to be the one to do it. You don't. And then you're robbing other people the opportunity of contributing, right? So it's there you okay. go. Delegate. That's beautiful. Okay. It's okay. Um, so delegate, make sure you're getting your sleep. And another really great thing is don't forget to take a deep breath here and there. You can go full on into breath work. There's lots of things out there on breath work that you can look up. You can do some formal thing like that. But even just remember to take a deep breath here and there throughout your day. Generally speaking, a lot of us do a lot of shallow breathing all day long. But deep breath is where you actually calm your nervous system down. So it's very possible to be able to use your brain to help your body change its reactiveness, correct? And yeah. I know you're is a very big proponent for you. So we have about two minutes left before the end of this show. So I would like you first to tell everybody where to reach you and spell your last name for everybody so that they know. Sure, no problem. So I'm Colleen, C-O-L-L-E-E-N, Clary, C-L-E-A-R-Y. I have a website, ColleenClary.net. That's one of the easiest places to find all the things, but I'm on Instagram under Colleen Clary Wellness. You can find me there. I have a Facebook group. It's called the Sisterhood for Wellness, the number four in the middle of those two words. And um, I'm also over on Twitter. I'm all over the things. But again, the easiest thing, go to ColleenClary.net and you'll see all of it right there. Colleen, 10 seconds, one final message for us for this holiday season. Give yourself grace. I know you're doing the best you can. There you go. I am so thrilled to have you. I'm always thrilled to have you with us. This is Ellen Stewart, the Pushy Broad from the Bronx. If you want any more information about Colleen, you can call me at 800-889-1757, the Pushy Broad. If you need any help over the holiday weekend in recovery, over the holiday season in recovery, Please reach out. I am here for you to make things easy for you. Colleen and I will take all of your questions privately and we deal nationally and internationally. Have a wonderful holiday season. And remember, your mindset is responsible for how you live and how you're eating this holiday season. So enjoy yourself. Have a good one. This is Ellen Stewart, the Pushy Broad from the Bronx, saying thanks for listening. And remember... Everybody needs a little push. From the pushy broad from the Bronx, New York.